As you know, I have two teenage girls in my home <laughs> and it can lead to the girls being off by themselves, which is totally normal and fine. But this past weekend, I was thinking in a specific moment, oh my goodness, if we just changed that, that thing or that rule, then it would automatically make the kids come and be by us, which would naturally bring us together and connect a little more. So today I wanted to share about three distractions in our homes that you may not think about, but they are keeping you from connecting. And it is not the phone. Come along, friend. Let's grow. You know those days where you just feel so overwhelmed and tired from all the busy and you just want to multiply the time you do have to create more time for intentional words and family dinners and quality time together? And do you just need to know that you really can keep your family close and your faith strong in today's world? Welcome to Families That Stick Together. Just step right over the random pile of clothes, turn right past the paper still out from last week's school project, maybe don't look at the sink, and make yourself at home, friend. I'm your host, Jennifer, wife to my high school sweetheart, mama four, and creator of Together Moments, where we took our same worries and figured out the answer to slowing down, keeping family time a priority, and creating deep connection through solid communication, even among all the busy. The answer is to gather moments, and we want to come alongside your family as you lay your foundation. If you're ready for time to slow down, intentional moments to overflow, and all of this to feel easy in your real life, then welcome, friend, with your laundry, your running shoes, or your cup of coffee. I can't wait to spend my time with you. Today we are talking about three distractions, quite possibly in all of our homes, that are keeping us from connecting the way we really want to. But why does connection even matter? Why do we sit here week after week talking about this? Because we all know what the absence of connection can bring in our family. We don't want to wake up years from now and have teenagers that don't open up to us. We don't want to find that we're just ships passing in the night with our spouse. And we want to look at our families in the future and know that we're going to be close, that they're going to want to come back and hang out, and that we have built these values that stay strong, that our faith is strong, that the world won't rock us, that we just stand up for what we believe in. And we all know that connection is the foundation of that. It's like we have these bookends in our family, this strong communication on the one side and a connecting factor like family dinner on the other side. And when we have these two things holding us together with, of course, a strong faith mixed in there, we know that all of that will hold everything else tight. And isn't that what we want? We just want our families to be held tight. I am so passionate about that here. I I know you are as well. I know that we both want the same thing. We want these, but we want them to fit into our lives. And our lives are a little bit crazy (laughs) between 
all the outside forces and within our own home, the forces of our schedule. And we don't want that to just be that barrier that keeps us from being strong and close and connected. If you want more easy ways for this to happen naturally in your family, and you don't want it to feel awkward and you want it to fit into the moments you already have, go to togethermoments.com. Check out Together for Family Dinner, Together for Date Night, the placemats. These are tools that you can pull out for your family and know that you have these moments right there. You peel a sticker and you just talk and you're making the words happen without even trying. They just are there and everybody's going to talk and you're going to find that you dig deeper and you get to those moments that you really want before you go off into your busy schedule for the day and you know that the world out there is not going to rock you guys because you've had all these moments to really talk about these things and you've done it in a way that doesn't feel forced and it just feels like it works into those moments you already have. Take time to gather moments. Take time to really focus on what works for your family and know that we will be there helping you fight for that because we desire the same for our own family. And the thing is, there's so many things within our own home that we can really look at and tackle before they get out of hand and we can control those. So let's talk about that today. These three distractions we all have in our homes, probably, (laughs) that are keeping us from that. So although the phone is certainly a problem in our homes for keeping us from connecting, we all know that. That's not what I wanna talk about on here today because we could do an entire episode on that and we all know we need to limit it more. And really, you know, monitor that more than we probably are doing. And that's okay. Just regroup, get back to it. Think about what you're doing with the phone. How much is it taking over? How much is it taking over your attention or those of your children and all of that? But today I I really wanted to look at some things in our home because I, I think it's always so good to have those things pointed out, right? That we might not otherwise think about as a distraction in this sense from keeping us from that connection or that communication happening. And it's just a part of our everyday and we don't really take time to stop and think how it's affecting us. I opened with talking about my two teenage daughters as an example, but these three things that we're gonna talk about apply to children of all ages. And you may see them not so much a problem right now, depending on what your kids' ages are or what season of life you're in. But at some point, any of these three things are going to come up. So I wanted to point them out. Okay, number one, one of the distractions in my home and your home most likely that's keeping you from connecting more is having multiple televisions. I have talked about on this be, talked about this on here before, but we have had points in our our family life where we only had one television. We have never not gone without TV. If you are a family that does that, I think that's awesome. 
Honestly, we're too far deep. I could never take that away. Plus, we like TV. One thing that we can control is how many TVs we have in our homes. If you have just one TV, then you know that that in itself is really freeing you up from so many distractions because the kids can't wander off to another room, watch their own show. They have to be with you. It encourages teamwork. You have to agree. People have to, uh, you know, compromise, do all the good things to try to agree upon one show. But if you have another TV, you might find that the kids wander off and they turn it on by themselves. They sit down, they turn on a show. Maybe at some point you had some rules around that and then they became lax. And next thing you know, they're just kind of doing that while you're in the middle of laundry and you don't know where they went to and they're in the basement watching a show. All of that stuff is not bad in and of itself, but if these things become habits and the way of life, you are going to look around one day and think, oh my goodness, my kids just plop down on the couch to, you know, replace boredom or because they don't want to be around us or they want to escape something downstairs with their sibling. Whatever it might be, we don't want to put ourselves in that situation. And I, I referenced something in the opening about my kids this weekend, but this is, this is little, but it made me think, ooh, I, I better really notice this all the time, especially because we're just a couple months away from the summer. But we were watching March Madness. We were watching some of the games and we were doing it as a family. All of a sudden, I noticed one of my children was off out of the room and it had probably been, yeah, 20 minutes. And I said, hey, I, you know, hollered up, hey, what are you doing? And she said, watching the game. And it was the same game we were watching. I said, no way. Turn it off. You don't need to be by yourself up there watching it. Come and join us. And she did. She came down. There was no argument. But I think just the simple thing of noticing what does that second TV or multiple TVs in your home do for pulling people away and giving them the freedom to just go and sit by themselves? Have you taken time to look at any rules you have in place around that? Do you have rules? Do you need to establish that? Do you need to do what I've mentioned several times on here, which is have an open close sign on the TVs so your children know they can't be on that one. It's not available for use right now. Have you designated, you know, if you have just if you have a basement family room or something, but you also have a TV upstairs, have you designated that that's just for when you have friends over or you have a sleepover or we're having a party? What is it? Take time to look at that distraction and how it is affecting your family. The second thing I want to talk about that can keep us from deeper connection the way we want is cluttered gathering spaces. Now, before you think, oh shoot, my house is always a disaster. I can't, I can't stop and do this. I have this problem over here and this one over here. And okay, I guess we're doomed to never connect. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that sometimes we look at those spaces where we know our 
kids will naturally sit and talk to us. And we know we like to find refuge in. And we look around after a couple weeks of (laughs) chaotic days and we think, oh my goodness, this place is a disaster. No wonder no one's sitting here. No wonder the kids aren't sitting at the counter to chat after school and have a heart to heart. It's because there's stuff all over it. Why would they want to sit here? Or no wonder everybody doesn't want to gather at this couch and watch the game together. It's because the other room is more inviting to them. This one looks like total chaos. So I wanna challenge you to pick a couple places, maybe just one space in your home. If you know that everybody feels good when they come in from school and they sit at that kitchen counter with a snack and they'll open up to you, then commit to keeping that one place clutter-free. I think you can do it. (laughs) I think you can come up with some quick routines to make it easy. If papers pile up and you just cannot find the time to go through them, I get it. Get a little basket then. Put a little basket on your counter that you like that's cute and just pile them up and put them in there and attack them when you feel like you really can. But make that one space clutter-free so that The kids want to sit there. You want to sit there. You want to talk and open up and you want to spend more time there together. And the third distraction I want to talk about that is keeping us from coming together more in our homes is something that we might not always think about, but it's having the wrong toys. (laughs) And I know you may be thinking, Uh, no, you don't know. We have too many toys. They're all over the place. It's ridiculous. We need to go through them. I need to get rid of so much. We don't need any more coming in my home. So I'm not necessarily talking about buying more toys. I'm talking about taking a look at what you have and where you have it in your home. And is it naturally set up to make you all come together? Think about the things that the kids like to play together. When my kids were little, they used to love to play the calico critter sets with the little houses and the little animals. And so we always had those very accessible. They were on open shelves. They would go into the room, take them off, set them all up. And we didn't have the room closed off with doors or anything, but we would let them just keep those set up. They also love to make camps. And so we'd have a bucket of sheets they could grab from and they like their spy stuff over the years. So we'd have a backpack of their spy gear where they could take it outside and have adventures together and all the thing, all the things. So think about what your children like to do together. Do you have those set up in the right ways for them? Are they are they in a place they can grab easily or are they, you know, in a bin, in a closet behind something else and they can't always get them out, but you, you know, they love to do that with one another. What about the things that you like to do with your child? Do you have the one child that always loves to play games with you? Are those games in a spot where you can very quickly say, oh, hey, honey, let's play 
Uno real quick and you can go grab those and you sit on the carpet and you play. Or is it downstairs on a shelf behind some books? You can't even find all the cards. Where are the toys that bring you guys together? If it's something like an activity, a craft, uh, my kids are into perler beads. They have been over the years. We keep them in a bin that we can grab right away and we have the ironing papers right in there with them. And then I can just iron on the counter and make that happen right there for them. What are those things that you know you are okay doing with your child? It doesn't drive you crazy to have to sit down and do it with them for 20 minutes. And you know it brings them joy and they love to do it with you. Is that in a place that you can grab? Maybe you can just open up a cabinet in your kitchen and put these few things in there so that you know you can always take them out when you need them. Another thing about the toys that you have in your home, do we have the wrong toys? Are are they not bringing us together? Is thinking of your kids' ages and how you guys have grown, how they are growing, and what things might they need to bring you together. So if it used to be that you guys all like to do this one toy together, but they're getting older and you know their interests have changed, could it be better to bring some more outdoor toys into your family. Like last year, we got a pickleball net for our children for Christmas, and that included everybody from age 15 down to age six. Everyone could join in the fun, and we could do it on the driveway. We could do it in the street, in the place where the cars aren't coming by, of course. (laughs) And it brought everyone together. So what is something that you could you know that would make all the ages in your crew have fun together? Is it a sporting activity? Is it something you could ask for for a Christmas gift or a birthday gift? Can you get creative? Can you find out what your friends do when when their kids are all different ages? How do they all get together? There are definitely ways to make that happen. All of these ideas affect our home environment. And we all know that that has such an impact. It's just that we have to take time to think about it more often and set it up to work for us. I am in the middle of reading a book called Atomic Habits. Many of you may have read it before. If you have not, I would definitely encourage it. It's a great book by James Clear. And I'm going to read an excerpt from chapter six. It's called Motivation is Overrated. Environment Often Matters More. And it's talking about just the fact that we set up our environment to work for us can change the way we operate in it and it can change our actions. So I'm going to read this to you real quick. It says, it's about a hospital in Massachusetts and they wanted to kind of do an experiment to see if they could improve the eating habits of thousands of hospital staff and visitors without changing their willpower or motivation in the slightest way. In fact, they didn't plan on talking to the employees at all. So here's what they did. They started by changing how drinks were arranged in the hospital cafeteria. Originally, the refrigerators located next to the cash registers in the cafeteria were filled with only soda. The researchers added water as an option to each one. Additionally, they placed baskets of bottled water next to the food stations throughout the room. Soda was still in the primary refrigerators, but water was now available at 
all drink locations. Over the next three months, the number of soda sales at the hospital dropped by 11.4%. Meanwhile, sales of bottled water increased by 25.8%. They made similar adjustments and saw similar results with food in the cafeteria. Nobody had said a word to anyone eating there. It goes on to say, People often choose products not because of what they are, but because of where they are. If I walk into the kitchen and see a plate of cookies on the counter, I'll pick up half a dozen and start eating, even if I hadn't been thinking about them beforehand and didn't necessarily feel hungry. If the communal table at the office is always filled with donuts and bagels, it's going to be hard not to grab one every now and then. Your habits change depending on the room you are in and the cues in front of you. This definitely applies to the three distractions that we were talking about in our home that we can easily fix. If there's not a second TV option in your house, are you even going to sit down and watch it? If it's not available to you because it says closed or you have rules set up, you won't even think about doing it. If the space in front of you is clean and feels welcoming, then you're naturally going to sit down and someone in your family is going to sit down next to you. And what are you going to do next? You're going to talk. And finally, if you have the right toys set out in front of you and in the right places where you can grab them and the activities that you want to do together, you're going to because they are there and they're pretty much inviting you to take them and use together. These are just three distractions that I thought about. I'm sure you could think about more and two off the top of my head that you can think about on your own and where those take you and your family is consider where you eat dinner. Does it allow you to face each other? And the second one is, what about your children? Do you let them go to their rooms and shut the door? How old are they? Why are they doing that? Those are two other things that I think we can think about as pieces in our home environment that if we take a good look at them and change a few things, we can make them fit for our family to keep us connecting in the best way possible so that we can grow strong as a family and we can feel really confident in the values we're building in our home and not feel so worried about all those other things out there that tend to grab our attention. When we feel like we are connected strong with our family and you know exactly what I mean, then we feel like those things don't matter as much because we have such good control over what is happening in here. Thank you for sitting here with me today. If you have any other ideas, send me a DM, leave a review, leave them in there. And if you like this episode, copy the link, send it to a friend, and maybe you all can talk about some other things that really work for you. I think the best way we can keep growing is leaning on each other. I will meet you right back here on Thursday for a Together Armor episode. For more stickers like the one you heard in this episode, visit togethermoments.com, shop all our products, sign up for our newsletter to receive all kinds of good information to help keep your family growing strong, and follow us at Together Moments. You can also find this sticker prompt written out in the show notes wherever you listen to this podcast and on our website at togethermoments.com slash podcast.
If you enjoyed today's episode and it does help you to gather moments and build your family stronger, please recommend it to a friend, leave a review, or simply tag us and let us know that you're listening. Thank you for making this ministry matter by being a family that sticks together.